Turn your attention to Psalms 23 today. Psalms, the 23rd chapter, probably the most famous chapter in the Bible. And we begin reading verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy. How many of you are thankful for the goodness and the mercy of the Lord? Shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to just speak on this very simple subject this morning. The shepherd. I want to talk to you about the shepherd. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Everything that we read in the scriptures about David was predicated on those first five words. The Lord is my shepherd. He acknowledged that he was a sheep by declaring that the Lord was his shepherd. He was saying that without the Lord, you are defenseless because sheep are defenseless. They are not superior to any other animal. Uh, they are not a predator to any other animal. They're always the prey. And they depend on a shepherd to protect them. The second thing we know about sheep is that they have to be led to a food source. They cannot find the right thing to eat. They will eat everything that harms them. They are unable to feed or to provide a healthy diet for themselves. And the third thing we know about sheep, and I know this is not real flattering, but it is a fact, sheep are amazingly unintelligent. They are the original airheads. They just wander around. And if you wonder what they're thinking, you won't have to wonder long because they are not thinking. They're just following instincts. In fact, you, they can see the pen that they go to on a regular basis at evening or whenever they corral them up and put them in there. And they can see it and know that's where they're supposed to go. And still, they will have to be led to find their way in. They just wander. So when you say that he is my shepherd, you have to admit to being a sheep. And that's not always... A real favorable position to be in but it's okay because we got a good shepherd I said we got a good shepherd he has to defend us and feed us and lead us we have proven that we can wander sometimes you can say oh that was a great service I I feel like the Lord is going to be the shepherd of my life and I make him king of my heart and by Monday or Tuesday, we have wandered over here to check this out, or we've wandered over there to check that out, and something has our attention, and, and the Lord, hallelujah, has to bring us back into the fold. 
The Bible even says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We do. It's our nature to go astray, to wander, to be curious, to want to check this out, even if it's harmful to us. But it's okay when you realize the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. There's something special about sheep. They know the voice of their shepherd. And even now, if you were to go uh, to the Middle East or a culture where uh, sheep herding and shepherding is more prominent, uh, you would see that if uh, several flocks are down at a watering hole, the sheep will only respond to the voice of their shepherd. The other shepherds can holler at their sheep and call them, and the other sheep that are not a part of that flock, even though they're all mixed together around that watering hole, they will not even lift their head up. The sheep will wait and listen to the voice of their own shepherd. David knew the voice of his shepherd. And I love this because he starts out the 23rd Psalm by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. He says, The Lord, capital L. Yes, He's the great God. Yes, He's the Creator. Yes, He's the Savior. But the Lord is my shepherd. He's not just the shepherd in general. He's not just a corporate God. He is a personal Savior. He is my shepherd. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord, the King of glory, the mighty God in Christ, the creator of the universe, the one that set the moon and the stars and the earth and everything in its orbit and in the galaxies that we see. He is my shepherd. Oh, what a privileged place to be. So David had to learn this from an early age. He's my shepherd. I am one of his sheep. And sometimes in life we have to come to that same point. We may not understand everything that we're facing. Even now, you may be facing circumstances and you question why. You just have to go back to those five words. The Lord is my shepherd. David, you're not your father's favorite son. It's okay. The Lord is my shepherd. David, you're not trained in the best schools like your brothers. They didn't even bother to call you into the house when Sammy was there to anoint one of you to be the king, the next king of Israel. It's okay. The Lord is my shepherd. David, how are you going to survive as a fugitive from the king whenever King Saul is chasing you out of a jealous rage? It's okay. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, my friend, you'll live with a lot less stress in your life if you'll get this revelation this morning on the sovereignty of God that the Lord is my shepherd. I can't explain everything I'm facing. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but here's one thing I know. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. I serve a sovereign God. I serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. And He has a plan for me, and He has a plan for you. You're not here by some cosmic accident. You are here because the Lord is your shepherd, and God has a divine plan for you. Yes, He does. And that's the first thing I want us to establish today is the plan of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I can't handle everything I face. But the Lord is my shepherd. I don't always make the right decisions, but the Lord is my shepherd. What are you going to do about your job? I don't know, 
but the Lord is my shepherd. What are you going to do about your health? I don't know, but the Lord is my shepherd. What are you going to do about your family? I don't know, but the Lord is my shepherd. At some point, my friend, you've got to just trust the plan of God. He's the shepherd. He's in charge. I can't control the wind and the rain, but I know the one who does. He decides the rise and the fall of nations. He is the mighty God in Christ. He is sovereign. He is supreme. He is mighty. He is marvelous. And he's my shepherd. And he's your shepherd as well. David had to learn this. He had to learn it early on. He started out the first psalm with this declaration in verse 6. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. What would possess a young man to fight a warrior called Goliath, a man nearly ten feet tall? Was it reckless abandon, or was it trust in a sovereign God? I believe it's the latter. Because in 1 Samuel 17, as he's trying to explain to the king why he should be allowed to fight this giant, Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and this is a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, you've got to understand something. I'm a shepherd. I know how the shepherd thinks. When one of the flock is in trouble, he's going to protect them. The Lord is the shepherd of Israel. And we're in trouble. We have an opponent. But I'm a shepherd. So I know the great shepherd. Hallelujah. He's going to protect me. He's going to make this personal because this Philistine, he has come against the armies of the living God and he's standing out there on the banks of the valley of Elah and he's challenging our soldiers uh, and they're afraid and they're hiding in their tents. Uh, you know why? Because they think they have to defeat him with their own strength. Uh, but because I'm a shepherd, I understand we've got a shepherd that's going to fight for us. Uh, he's going to fight my battles for us. Uh, I know I'm just a youth. Uh, I know I'm not qualified, but I've got a revelation of a God and a Savior that is my shepherd. I'm preaching to somebody today. You may not have all the answers, but the Lord is your shepherd. He's going to make a way when there seems to be no way. He will deliver you. He's going to make a way. Oh, you're just a boy. I know this is not about logic. It's about sovereignty. We may think these giant circumstances that we are facing are in charge because we struggle trusting in a sovereign God. We trust in our own flesh. So we fear this problem because we can only fight whatever the circumstance is, whatever the situation is. We can only fight it as a man. And that's not always a fair battle. But David had the belief, I am still under the illusion that God can do anything. He was all by himself. But he said, I believe that my God is going to give me the victory. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, I feel like the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody today. 
You've been trying to fight the battle by yourself. You've been trying to use your own intellect. You've been trying to muscle through it. But the Lord is trying to remind you today, you don't have to do it on your own. Just let Him be your shepherd. It's okay if you wandered. You got a good shepherd. It's okay if you don't always make the right choices. You got a good shepherd. And He's at work in our lives. He keeps working on each and every one of us. And then the psalmist said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The first part was the plan of God. These next few words are the provision of God. I shall not want. It is part of our fabric as humans to want. One of the greatest challenges of our society is to limit our wants. Do I really need that? Or do I just want that? That's not always an easy decision to make, which is why we have so much consumer debt in our society. That is a want that is cradled in the lap of luxury, which we all enjoy in America. But what about the person that's struggling to pay their bills? What about the person that's struggling to find a clean cup of water in a third world country? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He can satisfy the desire of a person who's looking for even their basic needs, but also a person who has received everything, but they're still living under the tyranny of want. He's a God, hallelujah, that can give you contentment and peace. There were times when David did not know where his next meal was going to come from because he was a fugitive on the run from a jealous king. But God was still there to make a way to prepare for him still waters and green pastures uh, even though he was on the run and he was having to live in caves. The four freedoms or goals famously articulated by United States President Franklin D. Roosevelt in the State of the Union address that he delivered to the 77th United States Congress on January 6, 1941. An address also known as the Four Freedoms Speech, Roosevelt enumerated four points as fundamental freedoms that humans everywhere in the world ought to enjoy. Number one was the freedom of speech and expression. Number two, the freedom of every person to worship God in his own way. Number three, freedom from want. Freedom from want. One of the fundamental freedoms. And yet here we have a God, hallelujah, that gives us these fundamental freedoms. Freedom from want. And then finally the fourth was freedom from fear. Norman Rockwell painted freedom from want in 1943 while he lived in Arlington, Vermont, a place that the native New Yorker once likened to having fallen into utopia. The painting for the Saturday Evening Post illustrated one of the four freedoms that President Roosevelt had pounded and proposed to each of us in his 1941 State of the Union address. It was a noble declaration. In fact, there was eventually four famous paintings by Norman Rockwell about these four fundamental freedoms. And, and it's something that is a part of the fabric of our humanity. But oh, my friend, that freedom to live without want, uh, even though it should be and could be the hallmark of the hope of our nation, governments and artists and friends uh, cannot exclusively bestow on you the freedom from want because deep in the heart of every man and woman is a hunger for God. And until the Lord is your shepherd, want will be your master. I want to say that again. Until the Lord is your shepherd, 
want will be your master. How does our shepherd deliver us from want? Well, in verse 2, it said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's nourishment and sustenance. That's contentment and peace. So that you can lay your head down on the pillow at night and you can know it is well, it is well with my soul. Oh, money can't buy it for you. Great health can't buy it for you. Having friends and popularity can't buy it for you. Having 10 million followers on Instagram cannot buy it for you. Popularity in this world cannot buy it for you. Influence cannot buy it for you. It's only the good shepherd that can lie you down next to still waters and green pastures. says lie down just take it easy ever notice in the world that we live we're all in a hurry to go i don't know where the highways and the roads and everybody's racing around here there and everywhere it's just part of the hectic nature of our culture and sometimes we got to just slow down he maketh me to lie down sometimes the lord says just slow down enough to allow me to to speak into your life Psalms 34.10 says, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. He will meet all my needs according to His riches and glory. doesn't say He will meet all my wants according to His riches and glory. It says He'll meet all my needs. Matthew 6.31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things... Do the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Oh, what are those things? He knows everything that you have need of. And if you seek first the kingdom of God. Oh, but I need a new car, Pastor. But if you seek first the kingdom of God. Oh, but pastor, I need a new house. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God. Oh, Lord, I I need a new spouse. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God, you'll find out the problem is not your spouse. The problem is you. (laughs) Seek first his kingdom. And all of these things shall be added unto you. What things? Green pastures, still waters. Jehovah Jireh, He is my provider. David learned this when everything had been taken from him in the city of Ziglag. The Amalekites had taken everything, their possessions, their families. While he was trying to survive fighting with the Philistine army, these renegades, these nomads wandered in and took their families and took their possessions, set everything on fire. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8, When David and his men came back and they saw this, they were so disheartened. They actually turned on David to to take him out because they were so heartbroken. Their families had been taken. And the Bible says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. The Lord answered David and said, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And these words, these four words, I felt so strong in my spirit today. And without fail, 
recover all. I want to declare that to somebody today. If the devil has robbed your house this year, I've come with some good news. Ye shall without fail recover all. I said ye shall without fail recover all. If you have been sick, you shall recover all without fail. If you've been hurting, He's got some green pastures for you. You're going to eat again. He has some still waters for you. You're going to drink again. I met a man this week up at the uh, campgrounds in Ocala as we were listening to new candidates come in and and, um, present their case to be licensed as ministers in the United Pentecostal Church. And this one man and his wife came in and the pastor explained a little bit about his background and said that he was a pastor's son that had grown up in church and his father had had a moral failure and and the way all that went down the boy just ended up becoming bitter and got out in the world and became a sinner and partake of everything you can imagine and drugs and and meth and blew his brain cells out on on all kinds of drugs and all of his teeth were gone because of, of meth and he ended up in prison but when he got down to the very bottom of the bottom he started calling out to the Lord oh I'm so glad the Lord hears you wherever you are he started crying out to God he started going to church while he was in prison up at a a state penitentiary up in the panhandle of Florida and he started feeling the presence of God again like he did as a boy when he got out of that prison uh, he went to meet the pastor uh, the one who had now taken the church that his father used to pastor when he was a boy that man was such a Christian he had started writing him and visiting him when he was in prison telling him God's gonna restore you God's got a plan for your life He came to that church and the very first service he came down the altar and he lifted up his hands and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and immediately the Lord restored his mind. Prior to that he couldn't even finish a sentence. He couldn't even finish a thought. But the Lord quickened his mind. The Lord restored his mind. He went to the dentist and got all new teeth. He came before the district board this past week and we tested him about his knowledge of the Word of God and it was perfect. We begin to talk to him about his testimony and he began to share where God had brought him from. And we all started crying around that table. You know why? Because it reminded all of us, the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to restore it all. You're going to recover everything that the canker worm has taken from you. He's going to restore your health and your mind and your spirit and your joy. And that, my friend, is the third thing. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. That's the purpose of God. The Lord is my shepherd, the plan of God. I shall not want the provision of God. He restoreth my soul, the purpose of God. The reason that God created you was to save your soul, to restore your soul. It was as an adult that David had to learn about restoration. He was a king. He had wealth, he had family, he had prestige. He was king of the most powerful nation on earth and was a friend of God. Who could want any more? But David began to want. He began to look. He began to long for more. The appetite came back. He calls Bathsheba to the palace. One sin leads to another and people start dying. When David is confronted by Nathan the prophet, he immediately repents. The prophet tells him a story about a rich man that stole a little lamb from a poor man in his kingdom. 
And that little lamb that was taken from that poor man's family was like a pet. He wasn't outside. They brought him inside. He was like a pet. And this rich man had company that came. And he didn't want to take from his own flock. So he went over there and took that poor man's lamb. The prophet knows that David is a shepherd and that he will have a heart to protect the lamb. And so as the story is being told to King David, he declares with righteous indignation, that man will die. And Nathan the prophet looks at David and says, Thou art the man who took what didn't belong to you. David falls on his knees and begins to repent. You can read about it in Psalms 51. He says, Restore me a right heart. Cleanse me, O Lord. Verse 4 of Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes you don't understand. You don't have clarity. There's darkness. There's shadows. There's uncertain images. And so it just seems like a tunnel. But yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Not only does the great shepherd give you freedom from want, but he also gives you freedom from fear. The fear of evil. Many times our own evil. Many times we're fearful of our own actions. He removes this fear from us. Our, our ability to self-destruct. Our fear that we're going to start out doing right and we're going to end up off course again. The Lord delivers us from that. Even though we're walking through a valley of the shadow of death and we have that smell of death upon us, there's still a God that with His rod and His staff, He's going to bring comfort. He's going to deliver us. He's going to bring joy where there was no joy. And He does it with a rod and a staff just so happens today that I have a rod and a staff. Not exactly the same ones that a shepherd may use in the Middle East, but for the purposes of illustration, this is a staff, this is a rod. Now the rod was a little bit shorter than this. It was not always this long. It was, it was a little shorter um, stick, as it were, or something that they'd carved out, maybe, maybe about this long. And the shepherd's would practice with, you know, they had a lot of time out there. They would practice with the throwing of the, the rod. I mean, they, they could practice throwing it like a javelin. I mean, like a missile. And they would practice. And boy, they could, after enough practice, they could, you know, just hit a spot on the ground 50 yards away. And they would throw this rod because, as I told you earlier, sheep will wander. I think I'm going to go over here. Yeah, but there's a big cliff there's press rock you're going to fall off you're going to get hurt uh, i'm going to look over here and the shepherd would whoosh, he would throw the rod he didn't have time to get over there to him he'd just throw him and it hit the sheep on the back and, oh i better not go that way i better go over this way then he'd wander off over here pretty soon he'd get over there in the bushes where the predators lay in wait and the shepherd would see it and whoosh, he would throw the rod. Hit the sheep on his back. Oh, better go back over here now. How many of you ever had the shepherd, the Lord, correct you with the rod on the back? He said, I think I'm going to wander over here. And the Lord's like, oh, that's trouble. Better not go that way. Better get back in the fold. Better get back to the house of God. Better get back to a place of prayer. 
You see, the, the rod was for correction and the staff was for direction. And he said, they come together and they comfort me. You see, the staff, you know, it's got this little crook up here. He could, could reach over there somewhere close and maybe pull one of them back. But a lot of times the staff was just used for giving direction. Just kind of keeping them on track, you know. Because as they would wander in their flocks and all, you know, they would see something that they were interested in. And, you know, come, come up here and be my sheep for just a moment. <laughs> so he's out front, you know, and that's it. Just kind of wander to the left. I think I'll go over here and see Brother Jenkins for a moment. And the shepherd would, no, just right back over here. He's walking with all his sheep, and then he starts to wander over to the right. Ah, smell something over here that looks good. No, no, no. Get back over there. Now we're all going together. He's doing all right, but now something over here looks good. I think I'll check this out over here. No, no, no. Get back, get back. Let's give our sheep a big hand. Didn't he do a great job? <laughs> Love you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I don't know how in the world that rod's going to comfort me. That thing hurts when it hits you on your back. They comfort me. You know why? Because it reassures us that our shepherd is giving us direction and correction. Because you know as well as I do, left on our own, we're going to wander. Left on our own, we're going to get in trouble. Left on our own, we're going to eat something we shouldn't. Left on our own, we're going to end up over there with a predator. So I'm thankful we've got a good shepherd, hallelujah, that with the rod and the staff, he comforts me, hallelujah. He reminds me, I don't have to make all the right decisions. I've got a Savior that's going to help me. But here's the thing that's so important, and it's important for each and every one of us, and that is this. Only you can make Him your shepherd. Nobody can do it for you. person can't do it. You've got to make that decision yourself. I'm going to make Him my shepherd. Only you can decide how you will respond to the rod and the staff. They're there for you. They're there for your comfort, to reassure you, to rescue you. Aren't you glad the Lord rescues us? How many of you can be honest today and just say, yeah, there's been times the Lord had to rescue me. From myself, He had to rescue me. He keeps us from falling. He keeps us from making a terrible mistake. My rod and my staff, they comfort me. Then he does something that's so beautiful. In Luke 15, he tells this great story. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When a shepherd would take a sheep and put him on his shoulders, though it was harder to walk and it was heavier, he knew that that sheep needed that because that was a place of safety. But it was also a place of favored status. Just because you've wandered off, 
You're not just back in the fold now as a lesser sheep. I'm going to put you on my shoulders. I'm going to put you in the favored position, the status of the one that is closest to the shepherd. What a good God we have. He hides us in the cleft of the rock, under the shadow of the Almighty. He brings us back to a place of protection, to a place of favored status, to a place of love, to reassure us. The Lord wants to do that in every one of our lives today. Would you stand to your feet? That great shepherd, that wonderful Savior is looking. Is there anybody that will respond to the rod and the staff today? Is there anyone that will let me take them and put them on my shoulders? Have you ever gotten to a place in your life where you said, man, I just need God to just wrap His arms of love around me reassure me let me ask you this question how many of you want the Lord to be your shepherd would you just raise your hand I want the Lord to be my shepherd that's so beautiful you can put your hand down I want to pray right now over this beautiful congregation of people I want to pray especially for every one of you that raised your hands say Lord whatever it takes I know sometimes it's the rod sometimes it's the staff but I know you're at work in my life. And I don't have to understand it all to obey it. I can just trust in you, Lord. I want to pray for every single person. Now, would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? Lord, I thank you for this beautiful congregation of people. I thank you, Lord, the example that you've given us from your psalmist, David, that indeed you are our shepherd. You're reaching, Lord, for each and every one of us. You're drawing us closer to you. And Lord, here we come. We know we're not perfect. We've wandered. We've gone astray. But Lord, we hear your voice. We feel that tug on our spirit. We know it's from you, Lord. And we respond to it today. And we give our heart and our life to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, if you receive the Lord right now as your shepherd, would you just lift up your hands and thank him? I thank you, Lord. I'm not down here by myself just trying to get through life. But, Lord, I know you're just as close as the mention of your name. Oh, I give you my heart and my life. If you raised your hand today and you feel the Lord is talking to you, why don't you step out from where you're standing? Why don't you come down to the front right now? I believe the Lord is going to take you and put you on his shoulders. Come on, you've tried to do it by yourself, but the Lord will carry you for a little while. It's okay. You don't have to be Superman. You don't have to be Wonder Woman. All you got to do is say, the Lord is my shepherd. They're going to sing. We're going to wait for you.
Take the hand of the person you're standing next to right now. Oh, I feel that, sh- that, that mercy and that goodness that surely comes from the Lord. I feel it surrounding all of us right now. I feel like the great shepherd is in this house. Come on, why don't you just reach out to him right now? Lord, I feel you're speaking to me right now. Come on, he wants to rescue you. He wants to pull you back from the edge. He's reaching for you right now. Oh, that's it. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. You're my shepherd, Lord. I've been wandering, Lord, but you're my shepherd. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Let the Spirit of God come upon you right now. You're not by yourself. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's it. He's reaching for you right now. He wants to put you on his shoulders. I receive you, Lord, into my life right now. I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me of every sin. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind and my spirit, oh Lord. Forgive me, Lord, of every time I've wandered and I'm strayed. Thank you, Lord, that you're still calling my name. I hear your voice. I feel the tug of your spirit, Lord. I know you're reaching for me. I choose today, Lord, to respond. I choose today, Lord, to respond to your call. I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my heart right now. I receive your spirit into my life. In the name of Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful. Why don't you rejoice? The Lord has rescued us one more time. We rejoice. We rejoice, Lord. baptized a family here at East Wind. People are being baptized all the time. The Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You've not been baptized in the name of Jesus? Right behind this wall we have a great place for you to be baptized. We have robes, everything you need to be baptized this morning. 
If you want to be baptized, we have ministers that will baptize you. And you don't have to leave this place until you fully come back into the fold and take on the saving name of Jesus Christ in baptism. You believe that? And the Bible gives us the promise that He will baptize you with His Spirit. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.